mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 22. Good morning. How are you, Ruth? Good morning. This is the episode that matches the number of years I've been teaching. Oh, whoa! that's pretty cool. Congratulations. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I remember on year one being like 25 years. People teach that long, not me. Well, (laughs) you haven't made it there quite yet. You could still prove yourself correct. (laughs) Fractions (laughs) might be the death of me. (laughs) You're good. You're going to make it. So today we're going to talk about um, a training that's I'm leading tomorrow, and I'm hoping that you'll give me your input, and we'll see uh, how I can make it even better. And then we'll talk about fractions. Um, admittedly, Ruth's been struggling a little bit uh, with what's happening. I love class. them. I just, it's really hard to convince the students that they are lovable. Yeah, that fractions are lovable. Yeah, <laughs> not the students. She loves her students. She loves her fractions, but she doesn't love her students yeah. and fractions. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so quiz and air rods. So maybe we first, we sh- there probably are people who don't know what those are, right? Or haven't used them. So quiz and air rods are these uh, plastic or wooden rods and they're color coded by the length that they are. So the first, the smallest one is a one centimeter cube and it's white. Um, and then from there, each piece is a different color and is one more centimeter. So the red is the next one, and it's twice the length. It's two centimeters, twice the length of the white one. And then the light green one is three. And then, look, I might have them memorized. I don't know. <laughs> Four, I think, is purple. And so... Um, There's a brown one in there somewhere. Yeah, brown is like eight, I think. Um, and so they go all the way up to ten. The largest one is the orange, and it's ten. And they were created, I learned this, I think, by a... Dutch, sorry if I got that wrong, um, teacher. And he was, he was also taught music and was learning about, or was seeing how like the keyboard helped kids see the relationship between the notes. You know how like the distance on the keyboard also corresponds to the distance that the notes are apart. And so that whole visual, is this making sense to you, music teacher guy? I'm, I'm right there. Um, so that that was like a cool visual to him. And so he wanted to kind of translate that to something that could be used in the math classroom. So he made these. And then there was another guy who kind of made them well, you know, well known and, and put the so, idea out there. That's probably Mr. Cuisinier. No, Cuisinier was the first guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. 22 years ago, since I just said how long I've been teaching, when I was in college, we were required to get a set of cues and air rods mm-hmm. and use them mm-hmm. in math class. And that was my very first exposure. Hmm. And then I started teaching and they weren't in any classroom. Yeah. And they're going to be in my classroom next year. Yeah. But I don't even have a set. I have a set like that I could use. It's just, you know... Do you have your old college set? You know, I wish that I did, but <laughs> I think I'm too much of a minimalist. And I was like, whatever. I don't even know what these are, you yeah. know. I think- and 
When I was in college, I just had a set and not a classroom set. So I think a lot of people are like that. They if they have them, it's probably left over from somebody 100 years ago and they have no idea what to do with them. Exactly. And I've and I've been that way until recently. So it's kind of a rediscovery thing. And how old are they? I mean, how old of a thing? Um, I, you know, growing up in school, I don't remember ever having those old like, you know. So they're I mean, they're plenty old. They just sort of kind of went out of fashion. Maybe. Yeah, I, I'm thinking they were made in the 50s. But I apologize if I've got that wrong. super old. Yeah. But they've been around for quite a long time. And there was a tweet. I don't know if you saw it this weekend. It was kind of along the lines of your dice tweet. Mm -hmm. But this teacher just took a picture and was like, I just got donated these by a parent. Oh. What should I do with oh. them? Big box <laughs> was, of color sticks. What do I do with it? It was a whole box of cues and air oh. rods. So I'm like, what? Yeah, they're expensive. Um, and they're not even really the correct dimensions. I know. We we did a little project where we were making trays that were um, ten by ten centimeters, and yeah. the but but that's the plastic ones that we have. I bet that the, the wooden, wooden would probably are, but the plastic ones were, were a little bit rounded, and so they didn't fit in a so, ten by ten. Yeah, so you square. can't measure that's, with them. But that's the same size as base ten blocks, right? Yeah. I don't think I ever put that connection. Yeah, together. The, the the ten. The ten rod and Cuisinier rods would be the same, basically the same size as the ten, the the rod in um, base ten blocks, yeah. And the Cuisinier rods don't have the sections, correct? Right. They're is, just straight. I've seen, I saw like a picture of somebody using them with a set that did. They were plastic. Those were fake. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> they were Cuisinier rods. Yeah, I I would choose not to have them. So the whole the whole value of this is that lots of other. Math manipulators that you have, the whole is is marked, especially like fraction towers, you know. Um, but these, the the whole can change. What is the whole can be different every time. Um, and when you come to fractions, that makes it a really cool um, manipulative to use because you have to keep on coming back to, well, what's what are you saying is one whole? What are you saying is one whole? And the pieces change. Um and then the other thing that makes it such a good manipulative is that it's visual. You know, like it really starts to get in your brain that two whites make a red and two reds make a purple. And So I zoned out a second ago. Is there a different length for every unit up through 10? So yes. there's a one, a two, a three, a four, yes, five, a six. All okay. way to 10. And so one of the very first things that you do when you use them is make a staircase of some sort, gotcha. you know, where you step down. And my kids like to still make that, even though we've used them multiple times, they still like to make it and kind of leave it on their desk as a reminder to, to keep referring back to what the size of the colors are, you know? Why are you laughing at me already? Because I, you convinced me that I needed to do Cusinier rods. Yeah. And so this summer when I was tutoring, I was like, what oh, is yeah. a greater place to do Cusinier rods than when you just have one student? And so I said, especially when you have one set. Exactly, I said, let's make some stairs. Uh-huh. Just envisioning that, envisioning that she would lay them flat on the table and make what looks like a set of stairs. Uh-huh. And she spent Stood a really time, long time stacking them. <laughs> and she asked me for like, could she slide it up against the shelf? And then she wanted something to hold it. So <laughs> she spent such a long time <laughs> creating these stairs. Yeah. She made three-dimensional stairs. That yeah. is even better. Wow. So so my job is to talk to – is to present them to teachers and help them – convince them that they are a usable tool in their classroom. Are you going to get like – 
you know, now hunt well, hundreds of teachers, that'd be great. But like a request for hundreds of sets of Cuisinaire rods now. Okay, after well, teach this? part of this is that our math um, person for the division has also bought boxes of oh. them. And I think, I, um, I'm sorry if I get this wrong, but I know it's at least one box per school. And I think it might be two or three boxes, like classroom sets per school that okay. they could, will be in their library and then they could share. So that's why she's asked me to do this is so that it's not like, again, just put this box of crap in the in the school and nobody knows how to use it. The idea was that somebody from each school would Well, that's be great trained. that they have, that they are, you know, ready for that second step yeah. because plenty of times I've led trainings on something and now, and then everybody goes back to their schools and asks, hey, I need this, I need this. Mm-hmm. And then I get, you know, maybe a, a, a realistic thank you for teaching their teachers something that yeah. they now have to go buy. Yeah. But. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to be in the building and it comes with these, there's like idea books that it comes with too, which is pretty cool. So, and the, and it has, I'm not remembering, maybe 15 bag, 15 individual bags of rods or something. It's never enough. You never, like, it's just the kind of thing that you could always have more of. I feel that way sometimes about base 10 blocks, you know, like maybe you think you have enough. <laughs> maybe well, you do I have enough. Have 22 years of accumulation <laughs> yeah. of base 10 blocks. Yeah. If you saw the tub that they're in, <laughs> I have enough. Yeah. So Cuisinier rods though, like yesterday I had some girls and they, they had to in, end up drawing their two blocks because they, there's just not enough for what they were, what they were demonstrating. Anyway, so I'm going to start the training when they come in. I'm going to play music. That's important. I'm going to have music playing, and I'm going to have the, the block down on the table, and there's going to be directions on the board that just say play. And I'm going to start that way because that's how I think you should start it in your classroom. I don't think the first time they touch them that it should be about math. I think they should really just be playing with them. And my kids played with them for a long time before we ever started talking about math. They were an option during um, quiet time when they could just – you know, play cards or draw or read or play Cuisinier rods. What do they, what do they do with them if they were just playing Cuisinier rods? So they will make pictures out of them. Um, or they, one of the things that they do in my class is they stack them in a tower. So they would like put two parallel to each other and then take two of the, of the same size and then take two of the same size and go, perpendicular to that but parallel to each other so you've made like a square mm-hmm. but two are on the ground and two are on top of that kind of like building with uh, lincoln logs yeah exactly and then they would get the next smaller one and go up and, and okay. they built that over and over and over that like every time they get it they built the same thing but they were still like seeing the relationship you're gonna put the big ones on the bottom and the smaller ones yeah. on top so it was kind of like can i build this in the five minutes of quiet time and oh look i built it again you know um <laughs> okay great so Play with them for a long time. My ne- um, so when they come in, that's I'm hoping that they'll actually play. I'm I'm even thinking about like dumping them out and leaving them open on the table, so it's not like they have to take them, you know, mm-hmm. take them out and worry that they're gonna do something wrong with them, you know. Um, just leave them in a pile on a de- on a desk, and then we're gonna notice. I'm gonna ask the teachers to notice and wonder because I think that would be my next step that I would use in the classroom after you know after we've used them for a while. Um, and then I'm going to stop and share what my goals are for our time together, which is like, what are these things? What kind of math can you do with them? And how do we get started? So then I think I'm going to just jump in and this is the part that I want your like, well, any feedback so far about the, how to start. 
I think you should wear your notice and wonder shirt. Okay, I will. Okay. Yeah, thanks. I actually had thought about that. <laughs> and see if anyone notices and wonders where I got it. Um, Too bad because I can't sell them anymore, right? Um, I think she found a new place. Okay. So it was like a copyright infringement because it looked like Wonder Woman, you know. Oh. And But I think, she, I think I've seen them again since then. So for a while they got taken off the market. So, um, all right. You got me distracted there, JJ. Uh, or no, it was really Ruth's fault. <laughs> so then I'm going to just jump in and I'm going to say, let's do a task for a third, a third grade appropriate task and a fourth grade appropriate task and a fifth grade appropriate task. And I think that's important to say. That's all you're presenting to is third through fifth, right? Yes, for this one. I was going to say, you're doing another grades as yeah, another time. Yeah, later I'm going to do K through, K through two and then later I'm going to do a 5A, which is really sixth grade math one. Yeah. I really want to come to that one. Okay, you should come to that one. <laughs> you should come. <laughs> Sneak in the back wearing a trench yeah. coat and a hat. Yeah. Um, okay, so the third grade task, I'm, I'm a little like, meh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to tell him to build a, see what you think about this, build a two-color train. And a train is where, is what you call, like, um, I got to think of how to describe this. You can see what I'm doing. Where you but, just lay them on the table. Right. Like head to end head, to right? end. Yeah. yeah. Kind end of end. like a train. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, Man, I wish I had a visual. <laughs> yeah. I can't see that. I wish I knew what a train looked like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If someone's never used them and they don't even have a picture of the thing in their head. Okay. It's a base 10 rod. A rock. train? They okay. have a picture of fine. it. Fine. Fine, 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 fine. Okay. A train. Make a train. I'm sorry. You can delete all of that if you want to. Oh, no. That's gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so make a two-color train, and I'm gonna say verbally. Um, you can you can make it as long as you want, so you can repeat co- the same colors if you want to. And then the step two is make is to make a another two-color train made out of different colors. That's the it's equal length to your first one. Okay, so you might have like. Um, orange and red in your first, in a, you know, couple orange, couple red in your first one, and then you might have blues and greens in your second one. And then from there, I think I want them to say, can, can we write what's happening here mathematically? Can we write a number sentence or an equation that rep, that's being represented here? And so the third grade standard that we're getting at is equality and it's the same second grade standard that we talked about a while back um but just they'd have to write you know three plus three plus three plus two plus two equals whatever how you know some other numbers to get plus 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 but then seeing can we write it as multiplication you know instead of writing the repeated addition could we write two times three or three times three plus something so it's just seeing can we go from a model into an equation. And then I would sort of show the teachers. I think I'm going to follow that up with a couple of questions. Like, what if you go do it in this direction? Here's the equation. Can you model it? And then here's the model. What equation is being shown here? And distributive property yeah, is where I'm going. Like, if you had the blue-green, blue-green pattern in mm-hmm. your first one. Oh, cool. So that's I'm making up the numbers because I don't know the colors, but two times one plus two times two plus two times one plus mm-hmm. two times two. And the distributive property says that works, or you can put those together. Yeah, that's cool. I haven't thought about that. That's a 
that's a five A, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Distributed property used to be in fifth we'll grade. Save that one for later. Yeah. yeah. It went out, so that's a good point. Yeah. But um, I think that's important for the vocabulary for the teachers to know that that's sure. what that is. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And even if you're not holding your students to that, mm-hmm. you might have students who write that and it's a perfect place to introduce right. it. And then I thought the final use for it is that you could write an, write an equation where the equal sign or not equal sign is missing and they have to build it and build it and then you can really see are they equal, you know, like by by, so, ma- by like putting the trains one on one above and one below and seeing if they're equal to each okay, other. Okay, so they're deciding whether to use the inequality sign. Like the greater than, less than, or equal to. Um, in in the third, sure they could. In the third grade standard, it's equal or not equal again, like it was in oh. second grade when we talked about okay. it last time. I really don't know how it's any different from the second grade standard. It's kind of strange. Maybe just the numbers that they use, because like the third grade example went all the way up to the hundreds, hmm. you know. But this would still be like making a visual representation of what equal and not equal means because we start to think that equal again means the answer and equal really means balanced or the same amount on both sides so and i and i am thinking about how like wouldn't this be a cool way to go back and review it for the sol you know like you don't have to be like oh i'll have to say that till next year till i teach it i think it's an awesome way to review the concept that could be kind of boring you know? Um, so any thoughts on that task? No, I think it's good. I like trains. Yeah. Thanks. Me too. Trains (laughs) go end to end. I'm going to cuss at you. (laughs) All right. So task two is, um, fourth grade and I'm going to have them build a train that is, Oh, let me look it up. 12. Let's say, might not have the numbers exactly right, but build a train that's 12 long. And so there's a couple ways to do that, but most people, like I would put an orange, which is a 10, and then a red, which is two. So I put oh, them. See, I was thinking I would put four threes. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, mm-hmm. okay, well, I actually don't think it matters how we do the first one. And then I'm going to go back and say, build other trains that are the same length as that. But you can, but they have to be single color. So, you mean the whole train has to be the same color? Yes. So you're going to build twelve. You're going to build other twelve trains, but they have to be all be the same color. So that's where you want the multiplication to come in. Mm-hmm. So three fours or four threes or two sixes. Yeah, mm-hmm. or ones or yes. So maybe when you say that first one or is six twos. you want to build twelve using two different colors, at least two different colors. Two or um, more colors. I don't think it. I, I mean, I don't think it matters because then you've. Well, mm. some people may some people may get the single color, and then you can use that as an example. Of, hey, look, Sally made hers with all one color. Can you all make one? Yeah, that's one color. Yeah, you can build from an example of somebody used it. Yeah, I, I I just don't think it. I don't think it matters at the beginning what what their one that they're measuring by is. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then then I would say okay, let's also do 18 i picked a number i really think it was or 16 it doesn't really matter it was 16 so do the same thing with 16 and now tell me nope 
I really picked 15. I'm sorry. This is making me sound like a crazy person, but I picked 15. So yeah. now build, do the same with 15. Build mm-hmm. a build a train that's 15 and build it. Then go back and build all the single color trains that are that length. And now look at what colors do they have in common. And now look at what's the biggest piece that they have in common. And we've just modeled. Anybody know? Anybody know? Yeah. The greatest common factor, which is important when you are trying to simplify fractions. Um, That's pretty – I mean, is that the main reason that it's important? So is that the main reason? At this point in your elementary life, that is the main reason. Oh, you told me before. It goes up into polynomials or something. as you – get into algebra greatest common factor is a vocabulary word that you use a lot okay and least common multiple mm-hmm. and least common denominator um i just had this conversation with the algebra 1 honors teacher and she said that vocabulary word least common denominator is not used enough in fractions because for instance you're finding a common denominator for four and six Mm -hmm. and the kid says 24. Mm -hmm. Some teachers just throw up their hands and are like, sure, Mm -hmm. use 24. Yeah. And simplify it at the end. And she said when they get to her and they have to find the least common denominator with letters in it Mm -hmm. and all they do is multiply it, they get these gigantic Mm. fractions. And so – that was we're making a list of things that I wish my students knew kind of thing. And that was one of the things on her list. Like, yeah. could you put an emphasis on least common denominator? Yeah. Interesting. OK. Well, they got to use those words over and over again because they used them so much that somebody made abbreviations for them. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm, I think that I'm just going to stop there and see if they can see, like ask the teachers, do you know what we've modeled here, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, if if they're into it, I might also say, ask them, how could we, you know, the other side of that is least common multiple. How could we model that? Which I think is really perfect. You would say pick two colors. Like for I'm picturing maybe the red, which is two, and the black, which is seven. And keep building single color trains out of those until they are the same length so i'm i'm hoping you would put down a black which is seven and then you'd try you'd take your reds well your your reds are never going to equal to the end of that seven because you're going to get six or you're going to get eight and so then lay down another black beside it so now you have a rod that's 14 and then you'd add on some more blues and you'd get to the end and realize you have two trains that are 14 are they going to know the length of these rods Already? Well, I mean, is that written somewhere? Or? No, I, no. Bec- um, but by the time you get, I mean, it's obvious that the red is two because that's the easiest one to see right, other yeah. than the white. And then by the time you've put, you know, three, three twos up there, you can see that it's, you're only one short. I mean, that's part of, that's part of the noticing and wondering, I think. Um, I was just thinking because, you know, I'm not a math teacher. But if I knew the black one was a seven, I, I wouldn't build one, add up to it, and go, whoop, I need another one. Mm-hmm. I would have started with two of them. Yeah. Well, I think that they also may go – maybe some teachers will go about it like they know their kids would. Okay. But if they don't, then – I mean, you're going to have kids in your room that do it both ways. You're going to have kids that know, and you're going to have kids that build to fig- to, to know. Um, and I think it would be okay to do it both – like, tell me how you did it, tell me how you did it, and – yeah, I think it's okay. So 
I may or may not go into at least cabin multiple. Got any thoughts about that fourth grade task? No, I I think you should go into least common multiple. I think they should go together. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, yeah. There's so many ways that I'm thinking about, man, I wish I had these and could have used them. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Anyways. And you said you are you are getting them. You're there on your, like, supply yeah, list or something. Yeah, they're on my supply list. And I even said, can we use it? Can we buy them this year? And she was like, there's no money left in the budget. We got to wait. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So then the fifth grade task, I think I'm just going to use one of the ones I did in my classroom this past week, um, which is, we talked about this last week, I think. Um, I have to wrap a package that's two thirds of a yard. Did we talk about this on the podcast? Okay. Um, I get confused what we talk about on the run and on the podcast. (laughs) Two thirds of, I have a package that needs two thirds of a yard of ribbon to wrap and I need to do, I need to wrap six packages. How much, what, how many yards of ribbon do I need altogether? And so I asked my students to model it, to solve it concretely, representationally and abstract. And, several of them chose the Cuisinier rods and it was a good pick for this because it's a linear model and the yards of ribbon is a linear problem. Um, and so I'm going to see how they would do it. And, and I realized that this might freak some people out, like, because we haven't yet at this point talked about it like fractions. Um, but I think that's okay. Like, you know, experience the struggle. And then the, I think the like, Oh, is, you know, when you get there, it's really, really cool. And my kids did it all different kinds of ways. Um, so the, so the way that, well, do you want to talk about how either one of you would solve it? Cause I I'm kind of curious. I just did it in my head. Okay. Tell us, tell us about so it. Can you read the problem? Read, read it. Yeah. Can you tell two, me the problem one more time? Two, you have a package takes two thirds of a yard of ribbon and you need six of them. Okay. What I did, and you know, I wanted that, the solution is how many yards of ribbon mm-hmm. I need. So I took the two blocks, the okay. red blocks, yeah. and put six of them together. Yeah. I didn't really do this I'm in my head. I don't okay. have them here. Yeah. And then using the three blocks later to line beside it and see how many three blocks, which would be a full yard mm-hmm. until they were even mm-hmm. or as close. Yeah. Ruth, she just gave me a... <laughs> what? What's your... I was... Oh, you have a different plan? <laughs> Like, I really need to see yours to even understand. Give me some Cuisinair rods. Where we got them? I know. I wish I brought them home. You solve them, but that, I don't know. Anyways, I would have put my six packages out on the desk. So six of my holes. And then I would have figured out two-thirds of this hole and two-thirds of this hole and put those together. So... What does your hole look like? Are you going to use the green that's three? Or are you going to use something different? Because a package only needed two-thirds, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, in my head, I just have a hole. Mm-hmm. And I've played around with it until I could get three of there. So probably the six. Mm-hmm. And then, so you... Maybe the nine, because I could do two-thirds of it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think about what my hole would be. I would have pulled a block and figured out what two-thirds of that would have been and Mm -hmm. modeled it Mm -hmm. and then done it six times and then gone back to figure out... So you would have had 
Which, what you're describing is something that some of my students did. I mean, that's not too crazy that, like, I had kids that did that. But it was, like, whole, like, so on your desk, you'd see whole and two-thirds right under it. Whole and two-thirds, whole and two-thirds. So you would see six holes and you'd see six two-thirds. But then that's really not that much different than what Jay did because then you would take all your two-thirds and just smush them together, right? And get my answer. And then you're kind of measuring, you're measuring that pot that row of two-thirds by your hole you're seeing how many holes long your that train is right so i think like i shook my head because it was just more confirmation that when you say today we're going to learn to multiply Mm -hmm. and this is how you do it you've already eliminated one of us because you're already showing us something that we weren't thinking about when you don't give students the opportunity to think about it on their own first mm-hmm. without any guidance of how do you do it? It's just another confirmation that there has to be this kind of a task to start yeah. this skill instead yeah. of. Because I can say it as, Wait, you know. Can I ask can I, yes. before you go on? Did I did I say a, a task about multiplying fractions? Did I say like tell me what no. do you mean one of you? Say that again. What one of you, you I just eliminated? Said, Which one of you did is, I eliminate? I don't know. Oh, it would have depended on how Ruth. you taught it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the point. Is everybody thinks about something completely differently, and sometimes when you, as an educator, are in front of the class saying everybody's going to come right here and think about this this way, yeah, then it's either me. It's probably me because I was the one who struggled through school because I didn't think about things the way that everyone else did. Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea what she's talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's what I felt like when Jay was explaining what he was doing because in my brain, I was already figuring out how I was doing it and he didn't even start with the whole. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. What were you going to say? I was going to say one of the things that in learning is connecting to previous knowledge and even though you you as a teacher know what you've taught me, you don't know how I internalized it mm-hmm. and how I keep it in my, my memory bank, mm-hmm. a memory book, as our daughter used to say. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and when you let the student then make that connect, you know, try to, like you said, work on their own to make that new thing, they can connect it to their own prior knowledge or prior, whatever is in their head, mm-hmm. um, better than you saying, oh, no, this connects to what you you know that we learned last time. Well, they may not have known it or learned yeah, it that way. Right. And you're forcing a connection that's not really there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is a, a perfect example of that whole learning through problem solving. Um, and I and I did that. I didn't tell them. I still not even sure I've told them we we're multiplying fraction times holding the whole numbers. And we've been talking about it for three or four days. <laughs> Today we are. Today it's like, okay, let's con- let's connect all the pieces. But um I don't know. Is that gonna? Is that problem gonna freak out? I think it's. I great. like it, okay. and I think that you, even if you don't do it with the teachers, I think it's really important that you do the next day what you did with your students, and you say that there's this many groups of mm-hmm. two thirds, mm-hmm. so that they teachers understand there's a difference. Yeah. Um, I have this. I got to tell you this example because of what you said about prior knowledge. So I'm doing a number talk. Um, in my sixth grade class, and it's really basic, like one half plus one half, and then one half plus one fourth, and then a half plus three fourths, and 
three fourths plus three fourths. Mm -hmm. And then the end of it is three fourths plus five eighths. And, but that one's not on the board. So you come in and you solve them and you have to write how you solve them or you have to draw a picture of them. And we talk about how important it is to become fluid with fractions so that there's no way you would ever think that one half plus one half is two fourths. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and <laughs> hopefully, right. So we have all these, like I drew a picture of a half and a half and said, how do you see it? And we got, I got to introduce the word translation and reflection and rotation because the kids were saying, well, I would take that first half and turn it over and pour it into this one or reflect it mm -hmm. over top. And so I'm walking around looking at pictures and I get to one of my students who typically struggles, but he's a kid that has a lot of number sense. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like you have yeah. number sense, but... On paper, your grades are horrible. Some students like that. So I look at his pictures, and he has not drawn one fraction anywhere. He's drawn base 10 blocks. Hmm. So a half plus a half on his thing was just five tally marks plus five tally marks, and he drew a box on the end. And so I said, Drew, you converted all of these to decimals? And he's like, well, that's what one half is, right? Hmm. Yes. And he had like 7,500 strong for three fourths. It was just where he naturally went. Mm -hmm. So that's his whole paper. We've talked about all these things. He's kind of tuning me out because he's not interested. And I say, okay, so now I would like for you to use one of these strategies and do three fourths plus five eighths, which pretty much means don't find common denominators. Illustrate it. Think about it some way that mm -hmm. you could add it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I go over to his paper and he's got... 62 hundreds drawn and he's just kind of sitting there looking at me like I don't know how to make five eighths in decimals in this decimal form mm -hmm. and I'm like well walk over there to the base 10 thing and he had like his very own little that's why we have these little chips because mm -hmm. you have to have half of a hundredth cool and like hello kid you've been in my class all year and I absolutely know that I've taught you how to add, subtract, multiply, divide decimals, convert fractions to decimals. And now we're over here in the fraction unit. And you're finally getting yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and you've owned it. Yeah. Yeah. So did he have prior knowledge? In my book, yes. But he just had created that. Mm -hmm. I think it's – I was thinking, you know, in how else – this prior knowledge and what your prior knowledge is and what my prior knowledge is. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to think of a, another example and there was, you know, you, if you're forced, you know, forcing a kid to learn one way or you're teaching them this way and they know this way, they're having to consistently bring it back into their, you know, their realm of understanding. And there was, you know, some point in, in school where we were reading a book and I, you know, I would, Instead of using the class set of novels, I would always go to the used bookstore and buy one so that I could have it because I read very slowly and I could, you know, have my own that I could – I didn't take notes or write in them. I wasn't like studious, <laughs> but I just had my own. Um, and all the time, the teacher would say, we're on page 34. Well, my pages did not line up with the class book set. And mm -hmm. so I was always having to figure out what that was on the pages in my book because yeah. I had a different edition. And so that's kind of in my brain thinking – I'm always having to translate it into my world or into my understanding or, you know, what page number is that in my book and find my place. And, you know, by the time I found it, they were, you know, already reading and, mm -hmm. and it was, 
and it was a sometimes a, a struggle to keep up. But. Yeah, like kids who are translating into a different language exactly. too all the time. That's yeah. funny. In Sunday school, I remember having they had a set of Bibles in our Sunday school class, so the teacher could say, "We're going to read the story from Mark. That's on page." Wait, because the Bible isn't split into already pretty easy to... Right, but when you're in first and second grade, if you don't know the books of the Bible, then the teacher could say that's on page 179, <laughs> yeah. and we all had the same Bible, so it was on that. And every... Those just... pages must have been as big as your living room if Matthew <laughs> was on whatever it was on page 179. So um, from there, after we do three tasks, it might be time to go already, but my thought was that if there's extra time, we would break up into grade level groups, like all the third grade teachers. I think it's going to be a lot of third grade teachers, but all third grade together, fourth grade together, fifth grade together, and look through your standards and see, like I just picked that one thing, see what else could you teach with them? I think that is stronger than here. Let me give you this pile of lists. Like if the teacher comes up with it, think of how invested they're going to be in the, in the modeling and the teaching of it. I think that is absolutely true. But I also think there would be benefit to now that I know what task I'm going to use them for. Is there a list somewhere? Mm -hmm. Okay. That Tracy's come up with that. I don't have to spend that much time Mm because right now you're designating time. This is your time to go through and find cues and air rods tomorrow. They're not might not designate time for that. So what do you think about? So what if what if the two sources so that I'm not spending a lot of time? What if the two sources are the book that comes with the kit and then that th- there's a document that I have found that could be searchable that, hmm. you know, it just has tons and tons and tons of ways to use it. So I would say go open that PDF and... Um, Control F? Yeah, can search for the thing that you're wanting to look Or Command for. F if you use a Mac. Yeah, exactly. So is that probably okay? Yes. Um, and maybe we could make a... T- like. If if that is very fruitful, the sharing part, we could make a list right in the power in the Google Slides and like leave it there as a resource to come back to. Um, kind of like you had a, a list of Desmos activities yeah, that we talked exactly, about previously. Exactly. So then um, the follow up, and then the end would be how do we start? I thought about starting with how do you start, and then I decided I was going to end with how you start because now that they've used them and they're convinced that they're useful, mm-hmm. then like. How are you going to introduce them? And really, I'm just going to say first, you got to play, and then you got to notice and wonder, and then you just got to get over your fears, put on your big girl panties, and start. Oh, I love that you used that statement. Yeah, <laughs> um, because I th- I think that teachers are freaked out by them because they're like they're not going to know what the colors represent, and you know. But and I was I I will just go ahead and admit that I have not been using them that long in my class. I really got the push to I kind of need to do this and buckle down because I'm going to be teaching how to do it. And and it wasn't two or three times after bringing them out that they they were confident in in them. Like it's it's not it's a great tool because of color and size and simplicity. It's they will grab onto it faster. They'll make than those color correlations as they go if and you don't yeah, teach them. Yeah, exactly. So don't be afraid of it. Just start. And then by the second or third time that you use them, they'll be awesome. What if a student has synesthesia where like they hear something and hear a color or see uh, a sound or, you know, like their senses connect things differently in their brains and they may forever, like that may program their brain to think that. Tins are orange, or yeah, 
That's I know cool. that one of the Jablonski girls has has that some, and she, you know, what well, it, it's just funny to talk to Allison about sometimes. Should we talk about something? And she goes, "Oh well, that's green." And you're like, "How can a word be green, or how can a sound mm-hmm. be green, or something?" Mm-hmm. It's just the way that sometimes their their brains connect and kind of cross different senses. It's, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. I did wonder about. I don't know the answer to that, and I think that could be really cool. Maybe you should research that. <laughs> yes. Okay, I will in my spare time. Um, <laughs> I also wondered about like kids that are colorblind. Mm-hmm. And uh, our adults and teachers that are colorblind. We have oh, yeah. one of my That's very better best teacher buddies is is colorblind. Um, but I think that the length of them, you know, they're different shades. Like they can't, they won't all look the same. Um, and the length of them is what will be helpful. You know, the see, I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, fraction bars, the whole, the biggest one is red. Yeah, and Q snare rods. Now you're saying orange. the two. Is, is that going to bother you? Um, I don't know. She's going to be at home with her Cuisinaire rods and a can of spray paint <laughs> all summer long going, I got to fix these things. Yeah. That's funny. It it hasn't bothered me. Like I, I've picked it up pretty quickly. Um, but... I wonder if they should, well, they can't, I don't know if you could like somehow write them, not your students, but like the Cuisinaire company. I don't know whoever makes these things. Cuisinart. <laughs> um, and like write the names of the colors on the side. That's that should be that should be done because you're right with with people with people that don't see color correctly. Then mm-hmm. then you say grab the the orange one, and they're looking down, and mm-hmm. it could be that three of them are orange or none of them are orange. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, I bet, however, that like people get not that you should, but there's a bit of like oh I'm used to this. I I will quickly remember the size that they're calling orange, and I will yeah. you know know which one. But you're right, even just the letter. But if you're seven. Yeah, that's it's, true. That's, you're not. That's not going to. You're not going to have picked that up yet. Yeah. Um, the letter of patterned. So there's a there's like a system that's kind of I don't I don't have it memorized, but there's sort of an accepted like letter system that would go with it. Like the orange one would be O, and the yellow one would be Y, and there's a I don't I don't even W for white, but the brown and the blue and the black all have a certain letter or something. Um, but that could be cool if those were printed. It could be like stamped in the side yeah. or something. So or you could just. If you had that kid, you could permanent marker them on the side, you know, on the, on the ends. Yeah. Would work. If I was just thinking to. from from that that friend of mine that has the Universal Design podcast I was listening to last night mm-hmm. and she, you know, that just made me think about that's something that I don't think about but yeah. could would be great for there for for anybody. Yeah. You know, there's a student at LCA that just got um, special glasses uh-huh. because she's colorblind. Yeah. She's a junior. Yeah. Her mom didn't know she was colorblind. Wow. I taught her in sixth grade and she didn't know she was colorblind. Wow. Like she really felt like everything she was seeing and she just described it as very drab hmm. now that she had those glasses and the cheerleaders wow. like went in together to buy her the special glasses and gave them to her at Disney world when they went to the competition oh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> with all the colors. And uh-huh. she was like, Fireworks are amazing. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, okay. I think I've talked about enough about my training and any other last thoughts before we move into no. sixth graders and fractions. Right. So I wish that I had some cues and air rods in my closet. Do, you, do no teachers in your building? You think I have, have them? put out like at the beginning of the year after this summer, when you kind of sold me on them, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm going to find some. And I got two teachers who had, an individual set. Wow. 
So it's not even worth pulling them out yeah. for a class when you have two sets of cues and yeah. We could have made cues. We should have done that. Oh, that's a lot of work. Well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, but I mean, not for, I'm not doing this for everybody in the world, but that would have been an easy thing to chop up and make. Whoa. Yes. Yes. That's it. I would have. Uh, yes. Go for I'll it. I'll use your home, homemade cuisinier rods. <laughs> you got to color them all and everything. Spray paint. You don't have to like completely I'm paint them. buying them by that point. All right. Go ahead. I so, was trying to help your friend who doesn't have any. Okay, right. You're and her right. school doesn't have the money to buy them yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell me about sixth grade fractions. Something. Tell me. Start with start with a win because I know you want to start with all the things that aren't happening. So tell us something. Can you have something good to tell us? Oh, she's staring. Um, so I think I shared the win. Like I did the number talks. We've done um my number talk. The first one I did was um the square drawn on the board, cut vertically in half, and then the left side of that square was cut horizontally in half, and the right side was cut diagonal. Mm-mm. And yeah. it said Maggie claims that these pieces are the same size. Benji says they're not. Right. Who is correct and convince me mm-hmm. or tell me what they should say to convince the other person. Their writing was pretty good. Okay. You know, like I had a lot of kids who were like, well, if you just take those triangles and cut them in half, you can turn them around and see that they're two squares. Mm-hmm. I did have some kids who were just like, duh, they're both cut in half, and half of a half is always a fourth. That's good. Um, So, and there were, you know, some who were like, squares and triangles can never be the same, so Benji's right. Huh. Huh. Um, Four sides can't equal three sides. Yeah. So, anyways, we, that was a good, a good activity. We which let me just stop and say, like, you think when you look at that number talk that came out of the Sherry Paris book, when you look at that, you're like, oh, we're past that. This is so easy. Like I, you would have looked at it and thought sixth graders do not need to talk about that. But they do. So that seems to be the theme. Yeah. Of fractions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I was talking with my math department chair yesterday. Like, I don't know where the breakdown is. And I went back to what we've said in that in one of our other podcasts that they understand fair sharing and that kind of stuff in kindergarten, and then we just teach the fractions out of them. Yeah, I don't know if it's because we um, we don't need to talk about how it's done wrong. I just there's a breakdown somewhere. Yeah, I've been wondering something. I'm not sure if this is the right place to put it. And do you want to keep going? No. Okay. So I've been wondering about how in the past, like up until this year, when you have gotten to fractions, you've done some sort of pre-assessment. And then if they didn't know it, if they didn't have like a good base of fractions, then they had to watch these flipped videos in preparation for starting your fraction unit. And I'm wondering, was that more effective than you thought it was? Like, were they really getting a lot of fraction understanding from that? Or is this... Is this group like all together have less background knowledge or are you just asking questions that you didn't ask before and you're realizing all the holes Is it, or all so of those? So I think, I think I'm asking questions I didn't ask before mm-hmm. and there, there are holes, mm-hmm. especially the, 
the number line that we talked about from zero to two, mm-hmm. where the half is. Yeah. Because my algebra teacher did that. And she said she had students who... Wait, like since you've done it, yeah, she did it? Because when oh, I cool. went to the department chair, she's like, oh, Ruth, that doesn't surprise me at all. And I'm like, but it does surprise me. And so the kids that I taught, the kids that I feel like got it, don't really have it. Mm-hmm. It's like they have... They can find common denominators and they can change the numerators and they can add fractions, Mm. but their fraction sense just isn't there. And I, so one day this week, I just, man, I wanted to throw in the towel because I was just like, I can't, you know, I keep asking these questions that I think are going to be easy and I don't have everybody on board. And so I pulled out the textbook and I said, today we're going to practice adding fractions. It's something that you should have already known how to do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't finish this assignment, then you have to watch the video and finish the assignment at home. Yeah. They were so on task hmm. the whole entire class. And they solved 50 fraction problems. What? I Just open your textbook and just solve the problems. And I'm not going to do anything except walk around and look for mistakes and help those of you that need help. Mm-hmm. And I would say there was probably about seven or eight in each of my five classes that didn't finish. Mm-hmm. That really did need to take it home and watch the video. So they took their papers with them. They watched. It was your video. Mm-hmm. Um And I said, there has to be proof on your paper of the ones you didn't finish that you watched the video, which to me meant I want to see your list of multiples and I want to see where you found the common denominator. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next day, I split them into ability groups and pulled the ones to my table who were still struggling. And we did concrete representational abstract with fraction bars. Mm -hmm. Man, it was a struggle. Hmm. Yeah. We're going to add one-third plus three-fourths, and you can't have a paper, and you can't have a pencil. You can only have these fraction bars. So you have to show me your answer. Mm-hmm. And, man, I was watching them with their thirds and their fourths and pulling out the fifths <laughs> and then pulling out the sixths. Mm-hmm. And then, finally, they pulled out the twelfths, but they didn't know what to do with them Yeah, when they just had twelfths on their table. And I'm like, well, how do I look at that and see the answer? And I wanted them to put 12 together and get a whole. And they still don't know how to use them. Yeah. And on the other side of the room, in all fairness to my sixth graders who are, you know, probably where they just had a task from Enrich. Mm-hmm. And it talked about unit fractions. The sum, every unit fraction is the sum of two unit fractions. Yeah. Write some examples. Prove that's true. Um, And then, oh, the other one was, here's a square cut into triangles. What fraction is each triangle? And so they had those two tasks that they were working on while I had my group of six or seven that were adding fractions all three ways. Right. Um, And so today we're going to subtract with regrouping. And I talked to my administrator and I said, I think I'm going to do some kind of a warm-up. And if you don't finish the warm-up or you don't get it correct, then here are your five problems to practice at home. And here's the video to watch to go with it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And the warm-ups are going to be basic fraction skills, like here's some improper fractions, change them to mixed numbers. So maybe there is merit in what I did before, and I'm headed back that way, not necessarily in the classroom, but as a supplement to, listen, this is your job too. You're the yeah. student, and it's your job to understand this, and I I can't go back and reteach those skills. Like yeah. that's what I'm that was our consensus in the meeting we had was a lot of times as math teachers, we don't hold them accountable for what they should have mastered. Mm-hmm. And we reteach it and kids learn that, oh, we're going to get this again next year. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the further up you get, the more they're expected to know, which means the more that maybe they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you get, the more holes there are, the further up. And I think one thing that I've heard with, I was talking to a professor yesterday at, at work who teaches, um, I think anatomy and physiology is one of the things he teaches. And he was talking about how, you know, this is probably a different course, but, you know, this is college level. And, I, you know, I don't know what it is, but he said his students are coming to him and not knowing basic fifth grade math. And whether they don't know it or whether they can't connect it to the chemistry that they're having to do in this class to figure out a, a problem, um, you know, you 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 miss something and you find a way to get around it or or you know whatever. But sooner or later, you've got to learn, you've got to know that skill, or and you've got to be able to take that skill and apply it somewhere outside of a math class. And that's what you know I see often where where gaps didn't hurt necessarily as they were going through math, but when it shows up, they have to use it somewhere else. Um, and there's, it's given, he's having, you know, some big problems with that. Yeah. So I think multiplying mixed numbers falls exactly in that category because you learn it in sixth grade, your pre-algebra teacher shows you again, teaches that again. And in algebra, you don't have mixed numbers anymore. You only have, fractions and you're cross simplifying and whatever but multiplying mixed numbers to find the area of a room hmm. yeah you know that's a skill that if you don't remember how to do it or you haven't applied it in real life when you get to that point i i mean i guess you just convert it to decimals and i was about to say that's where day. i would definitely go to decimals right because i could convert to decimals Use it and use a calculator much easier to figure out, or even if I could, you know, convert to decimals and do the multiplication in my head. Yeah, that's that's a that's a where I would change to decimals and not try to keep fractions. Yeah. All right. Well, you got a plan for today. You're gonna do subtraction, right? And you know, I would just, I guess, my encouragement is that you're trying something new. You know, this is. This is the struggle of changing your teaching is it's not there. You're going to realize some holes and you're going to have to figure out how to, you know, yeah. it's just that's just the hard part of so yesterday change. in devotions. Um, our campus pastor talked to us about change and he used the example of a marriage conference that he and his wife have gone to for 18 years. And he said, it is great. Our marriage has definitely benefited from it, but they do the same thing every year. <laughs> He's like, surely there's something you could do to change it up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he said, 
How many of you have the same PowerPoint and you think that it's so good? Maybe it's time to change it up. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the back like, I'm drowning in (laughs) In, change. (laughs) But definitely wanting people to jump on the bandwagon with me. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to just, I'm going to continue. I've got to come up with a number talk today that's going to lead us into subtracting from mixed numbers. Hmm. Because when we were doing textbook work, one minus three eighths. I can't tell you how many kids called me over to say, I don't know how to do this. And I just said, walk over to the fraction towers and see if you can figure it out. And if you can't come back and I'll help you. Mm-hmm. Did that help? Oh, they yeah. Because yeah. when they come back, they're like, oh, eight eights minus three eights. Yeah. Check. <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah. So. I, I was surprised how many like you've been doing addition, addition, and all of a sudden you get a subtraction problem. And they're like, I don't know how to do this. Like the, even just regular, just regular subtraction of a fraction they had no idea okay not even kidding someone was trying to divide to find common denominators because it was subtraction so she was trying to subtract one fourth and one eighth and she was sitting there with common denominators of two well it's a subtraction problem so i thought i had to divide oh oh well you've uncovered a misconception there (laughs) right (laughs) All right. Well, it is time. Do you have a takeaway, anybody? I don't have a takeaway, but we've made some changes to the website and added oh. some stuff. Okay. Tell us about it. Um, so now instead of just the podcast, there's also um, a easier way to, to subscribe to different services at the top. Yep. There's also a link for our new reading list that's still being updated. Ooh, fancy. Um, right now it's got books a, you, know, you got to have. Yeah. I think four or five books on it right now. Okay. And I'm going to keep adding as Tracy gives me more samples to put on there okay um and there's also a link to the t-shirt oh yeah you can have your own very own math before breakfast t-shirt do you have one yet ruth i don't have one it's on my to-do list i yeah. just have it uh, us too. every time yeah. in front of the we computer. don't have one either <laughs> we will but somebody does yeah. emily my next door neighbor has one and so a couple other people mm-hmm. bought one yeah. you've seen so you can get your very own that's right All that right. might be my takeaway do that this weekend uh, awesome um my takeaway is I didn't really think of one ahead of time. Um, well, that's the whole point. You're not supposed to think about one ahead of time. Okay, yeah. To... Thanks, smart Alec. Um, <laughs> a train. It goes a train. I didn't bring it up this time. That was yeah. not me. <laughs> okay, a train goes end to end, and people know what a train is. Well, that's a takeaway. I don't need to explain that tomorrow. There we go. <laughs> All right. See You're you tomorrow. You're just going to say it and giggle. Yeah, <laughs> I will. My friends made fun of me because they said you would know what a train was. Okay. All right. See you tomorrow on a run. Anybody right. can make fun of me even more. <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. Bye.